The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine authentic power. And now here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there, and a huge welcome on today, Thanksgiving Day, if you're in the US. In the UK, we tend not to um, have that as a celebration, but we're moving into a time when people are getting together um, and there's great joy for many families getting together and spending time in one another's company. Now, the theme of today's show is around influence through storytelling. And my guest, Clive Maloney, is going to join me um, after the break. And we're going to be talking about that very specifically around the business model. How do you influence people? How do you win an argument? How do you make a sale? But I wanted to spend this first part of the show talking about how when you get together, particularly with family, that they're very good at pushing your buttons. They're very good at knowing exactly how to get a reaction out of you. And I thought it would be useful to spend this first few minutes talking to you about how you can influence um, the way in which things go on. And there are times when anecdotes and storytelling works very, very well in the personal situation. But just recognize that the people who know you well will know which buttons to press. Now, if you're a parent, children learn this skill very, very early. They know exactly what to say to make you feel guilty, to make you change your mind, uh, to make you lose the will to um, stand up to them at times. Um, but as we grow older, we have all sorts of situations that will trigger us into behaving in a particular way. Most of the time it doesn't cross our conscious minds and we're just triggered into a reaction where we bite back um, and then they're triggered into a reaction and they bite back. And before you know where you are, there's a full scale route. So I want you to think about, you know, if you want to influence people in, a, in a, a positive and constructive way, it's really important that you manage your state first. So if you're going to be spending time in the holidays where people, you know that they're going to wind you up, part of that is recognizing that it's your choice whether you allow them to do that or whether you imagine yourself, for example, in a, in a big bubble where what you uh, receive from other people, you choose which bits you let in, which let bits affect you and which not. Because ultimately when you are together with people that your family, your friends, and that there are tensions, you know, holidays seem to bring out the best in people and the worst out in people, don't they? And some of that may be around alcohol um, because where people would have a, a filter switch before their their thoughts from their brain meet their mouth, um, once alcoholics into the mix, then that filter seems to disappear. 
But ultimately, the principles are the same. Manage yourself first. If somebody says something that irritates you, take some deep breaths. Don't immediately bite back. And recognize, is this an old pattern that you're engaging in or is there something else going on? You know, using a neutral voice to say things rather than you getting whiny or screechy or shouty means that they're more likely to listen to you. Ladies, mothers, grandmothers, aunties, recognize that your voice is at the same tonal level as children and they are used to other children shouting. So when you shout, it just becomes white noise. And I know from my years of being a head teacher or a principal that actually when you were quiet and you spoke quietly in an even voice, you got much more attention. And ultimately, this is about creating a, a situation where it's win-win all round. So think about you know, who is it you want to influence if you're within your personal um, surroundings or whether you're in the business, your, your business. Why is it that using an anecdote or using a story to demonstrate things is so powerful? Because it is powerful both for both uh, your family situation and work. You know, for those of you that read the Bible, if you think about the New Testament, it's full of stories, parables, where there is a moral to the story, where people were able to listen and take away the nub of that story uh, in a way that if they'd been directly told that what they were doing was inappropriate, wrong, the chances are that they would have been humpy about it and, and not listened. And I think that's the thing. We are hot-wired to listen to stories. If you go back into the annals of time, it was through storytelling that we um, passed on our culture, our history. Um, nothing was written down. It was all by word of mouth. And so people became valued if they were able to tell a good story. They became valued if they had a good memory and that they could remember what had gone on and shared that. And I think in today's busy world, we forget very often how vital these stories of our um, not only our life, but the life of our parents and our grandparents, how much rich um, information and wisdom there is to gain from that. And I think so often when we're young, we don't value that. And I wish now that when my, both my parents have passed on, but I wish now that I had spent more time asking them about their childhood and about the, their memories of their parents, because I didn't know my grandparents very well. Um, two of them had died long before I was born and the others lived a long way away, so we didn't see them very often. And I think you know, having that opportunity to capture those family stories is really important. And we can learn from them because so often families repeat the same patterns of behavior. But if you're looking at the story and looking at it to say, what can I learn from this? Then you have the opportunity to choose to do things very differently. Each week, I talk about the story of B1, G1, buy one, give one. And it's an organization that is set up to help um, across a whole range of different um, projects designed to help those who are less fortunate, um, whose opportunities are limited, to actually have 
the, the doors of possibility open to them. And some of them are as basic as clean water or enough food to eat. They can be around education, health, um, protecting the environment, um, creating work opportunities for people. And Genuinely You is a great, uh, I'm very happy to be a member of that. Now, everybody who puts in a comment or asks a question in the live show or sends an email in from one of the recordings, we put a donation in. And that, if you put E for education and F for food, um, H for health, e, uh, e N for environment, we will, um, we will donate to one of those projects. Um, and so you can be involved in that. And every time there is a download of um, either the audio or the TV version, then again, we donate free meals. And later on, you'll hear which project that Clive has chosen to donate to. Um, we donate on his behalf. If you're a business leader, then please do think about becoming a member of B1G1. And in the show notes, you'll find that there are is the link to um, my B1G1 membership. Now, the interesting thing is that anybody who joins through my link, I get to know who, how much you're helping. And then we get to see how like a bee pollinating a flower, how this spreads. So if you are a business owner, please do think about it. Um, but go and have a look on the website, b1g1.com. It's an amazing organization. And they tell lots of stories, stories about how people are living. And if you're watching this or listening to this, the likelihood is that you are, you are one of the favored few within the world who has enough to eat, who has a roof over their head, who can turn on the tap and get a, a, a decent water to drink rather than going to a, a water hole and taking up the water that's full of insects and lava and parasites and so on. And isn't it sad in this world um, that we are still in a situation where there are millions of people who don't have enough water? Now, I have just given you an example of using the story, the description of what goes on with B1G1 in order to try and influence you and influencing you to become part of that, that process, if you like. Influence is really interesting, isn't it? Because many people think that the power comes from being quite bullish, you know, being dictatorial and, and, and forcing you to do something. But I would say that that's not influence, that's coercion. And if you want to influence people, understanding you know, how you can hone the skill of influence and storytelling is an incredibly powerful tool. So we're going to have a break now. And when we come back, I'm going to introduce Clive to you and he's going to share with you his insights into the power of anecdotes and storytelling and how you can use that really effectively in business. So don't go away. I'll see you after the break. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life 
with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for a Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there. And firstly, my apologies. It appears that the video froze. I, I, I understand that the audio worked pretty well, but thanks for hanging on. And let's hope that the internet connection stays strong. Technology is wonderful when it works, but there are times when uh, it can be a bit of a pain. I'm going to introduce Clive Maloney to you. And he's a, a, a guy who lives in the UK and he has an amazing wealth of experience and wisdom that he's going to share with us today. I've known Clive for a while and I know it's going to be something that's really helpful, particularly if you're in business and you want to be successful. So let me read you his bio. Clive Maloney has been helping small business owners double, triple and quadruple their sales for over nine years. He's the host of Get Real About Business podcast. Just recently, he launched his brand new program called Funnel Builders Paradise, which teaches business owners how to increase sales by creating highly profitable sales funnels. He's a business strategist, a podcaster, an educator, and a student of the art of influence. So without more ado, let me welcome Clive Maloney. Hey, Gina, Hi, Clive. I'm doing great, thank you very much. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us on the show. You know, isn't it interesting that when uh, we were been uh, corresponding about today, that the first thing that you put on um, the, of one of the the areas that you'd like to explore is about creating a movement, your stories that shape the life of millions, and that's what I'm all about is is wanting to create a movement where leaders leave with lead with enlightened um, enlightenment where they care about the people that they work with that they want to make a positive difference in the world so I'm really interested in your take on you know how can you use stories to create a movement sure sure so yeah 
there's two things that has always interested me more than anything else. Uh, obviously, I tend to work with a lot of businesses, but it, it all comes down to uh, two things, impact and influence. And if you want to be successful in business, uh, it's about creating the most impact possible for um, the most people possible. And the one thing that influences or that's in, either enhances or limits your ability to do that is your ability to influence. And of course, stories are a great way of doing this. And, uh, and when we think about creating a movement, stories are a really central part of that. Um, and so um, you see it a lot, actually, if you think about, well, actually, a good example would be Steve Jobs and Apple. Yeah. So I'm sure we've all heard of uh, Steve Jobs, the late, great Steve Jobs. Uh, well, he set out with a simple vision, which was to do things differently. And that was uh, basically instead of looking to provide just a product or service, he wanted to do something, uh, wanted to create something different where people felt enabled, empowered, and, and even rewarded to do things different and to create a different yeah. experience. So it was about rewarding innovation, uh, you know, taking risks rather than being risk managers. And so, you know, that's just one example of, uh, of a movement. And if, if you're looking to make a movement, there's kind of four major characteristics you're looking at. Yeah. Uh, and I'll give you another example of the movement in a bit when we talk about uh, Donald Trump and the MAGA movement, because that's a really fascinating uh, sort of example about a movement. But there's four, four major things that you want if you're going to create a movement. Of course, the movement is about winning hearts and minds. Okay, That's what it's about. So really successful businesses aren't just about the products, the service that they create. No. Just like we were talking about earlier, Gina, it's more than that. It's about creating a new reality. You know, it's about making yeah. world impact. And when you do that, then that's when you get loyal followers. And, and I don't think it's any stretch of imagination to think about um, uh, the Apple employees. A lot of them are what we would call fanatical. Let's say there's four characteristics you want to look for for a movement. And the first one is to have a charismatic leader. Mm -hmm. And by that, I don't mean you have to be really articulate or funny or good looking or whatever. It's not about your personal attributes. It's about the persona. Now, often we talk about the projected self. Is, is that something that makes sense to you, Gina? It is indeed. And it's interesting. It's, it, it's almost about, well, it is about the energy that, that comes from them, that, that lights people up, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. And these people are great to be around. And, uh, and it may be that like, if you listen to this right now, you think, well, actually, you know, I, I'm not particularly charismatic. I'm not funny or whatever. It's about the persona that you take on. So if you think about Donald Trump and the MAGA movement, uh, Donald Trump took on a particular type of persona called the reluctant hero. So let's just examine that for a moment. So the MAGA movement, make America great again. It doesn't matter what your politics are, whether you know, you're for Trump, against Trump or, or whatever. What it was, was a concept that people could get behind. We all have a tendency to look at the past and think that the past was better somehow. Even when we look at the numbers and we look at all the various different differentiators about you know, how you qualify the quantity of life, uh, the, the quality of life, you know, Factually, things might be better, but we look to the past and think it was, um, you know, it was better then. And this is the idea of rose-tinted glasses, isn't it? Yes. So 
when Trump came up with that idea, and, and what's clever about it is the word again at the end of it, because that presupposes that to make America great again, it presupposes that things are bad now. And that and it was could, better before. Yeah, exactly, and it was better before. And we can all find things in our lives that we don't like now. Uh, and of course we look to the past, don't we? So I, I think that that's, that's a good part of it. And I say, charismatic leader for Donald Trump, it doesn't matter uh, what you think of him, but he took on this role of the reluctant hero. Basically, he was a guy with a, a really successful career in, uh, in real estate. And by most people's standards, he was hugely successful. And the, the profile <coughs> he put the persona he put out was he was a guy that he didn't need to be there, but he saw a problem. He didn't like the way that the economy was going. He didn't like the way that uh, people in politics were behaving and some of the things that they were doing. He wanted to clean up the swamp, drain the swamp. And so he felt compelled to action to come in and take that role on. And that was, that was of course, was his persona the reluctant hero coming in to step in, a guy who could fix it and save us all, or save American voters. I think it's That's just it. before we move on, it's probably quite useful to, to really outline that a persona doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going on. It's what's projected. And I think that's a really important thing. I mean, I talk a lot about it in my work about authenticity and about integrity and about truth and i'm not talking about anybody in particular but but so many people who actually um front movements turn out to have clay feet because their persona and the reality are not the same absolutely absolutely yeah so it's it's not how we behave when we're at home amongst family and friends that's you know that's more to do with our real self um uh, it's, it's really about the, the type of character or role that you want to portray to people in order to influence people in, in hopefully a positive way. So that's the charismatic leader. And all movements as well, they, what they do, just like B1G1, they present a new opportunity. Yeah. So it's a new opportunity to help people uh, you know, get an education, help people get clean water. Yeah. So that's the opportunity. For Trump in um, you know in the the 2016 was it 2020 elections, it was about the elections, wasn't it? The fact yeah. that it was an opportunity to influence governmental decisions in a very real way, because if we vote, like if Americans voted for the outsider who was going to come in and shake things up, then things would be different. Yeah. And, Whatever your political persuasion, a lot of Americans at that time were feeling that things were, you know, weren't very good, and so they were looking for change, even if they didn't necessarily agree with what he did. Mm -hmm. It comes back to what's the new opportunity? B one G one, phenomenal opportunity. Yeah. Um, so that's the second thing: charismatic leader, new opportunities. The third thing is that has to be a future-based cause, and so maybe that's like people growing up in an environment where they have clean running water um, and they can take education for, education for granted like we do in the UK. Yeah. For Trump and the MAGA movement, then that was really about cleaning up the swamp, uh, as, as Donald Trump put it, and also bringing back the glory of the past. So again, this make America great again, because 
yeah, we all feel that things were better. Does that make sense? It does. I find it very interesting that we've got two examples, really. And again, don't want to get into the political uh, arena of this. But if you look at B1G1, the focus is on the new opportunity, a future-based cause, which is all around building things up, giving people um, life chances. Excuse me. <coughs> From my perspective, and it is a personal perspective, when you're looking at the uh, the Trump situation, quite a lot of that was based on creating a sense of fear and lack. And I find it's quite interesting. You've got two organisations that where the, the same principles are being um, expounded. You can see the same principles at work. And yet there one is using the carrot and one's using the stick. Certainly that's my perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's the same in sales and marketing. Uh, it all comes down to uh, moving away from pain. So if someone's yeah. got a problem that they need to solve, like perhaps you know the business isn't making enough money or um, you know, like maybe their, their, their children are struggling with their education. could be a lot of different things. Uh, so it's either moving away from that pain or moving towards a better life, something yeah. that we want, whether that's a holiday or maybe we're just thirsty and we want a drink. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? So, okay, we've got the first three uh, building blocks. What's the fourth? Okay, so the fourth one is where stories come in because it's your ability to influence beliefs. And we're all obviously going to start with a set of beliefs that will influence whether we you know, are for something or against something. And what we want to be doing is we want to be looking at bolstering beliefs that support our movement, our idea, what it, whatever it is that we're trying to influence people on. So anything that we can do to bolster those opinions uh, is a good thing. Okay, It strengthens the, the will for people to move forward. On the other hand, what we want to be doing is either eliminating or at least reducing and minimizing beliefs that prevent people uh, from moving forward with you. Okay, So to give you an example, um, in his campaign, uh, Trump talked, uh, gave a lot of stories, uh, and a lot of those stories were fear-based stories. Um, again, I'm not trying to get into politics here, but I want to give you an example. Fear-based stories about um, immigrants, um, you know, coming in and taking over people's jobs, or Democrats um, stealing people's liberties. Whether you think that's right or, or wrong, that doesn't matter. But that's what he did. He's, he used stories as a device to get people to think in a particular way. He also told stories uh, as a way to conf confirm the work that he was doing. So he would tell stories about how he he took grown men and made them uh, like brought them to tears with gratitude for the things that he'd done with them. And there was a particular news item about uh, miners being very grateful for the work that uh, Donald Trump had done. So he told stories that supported the worldview and the vision that he'd created for his his movement he also told stories that uh that made uh you know anything that anything that was counter what he was doing he made them look bad so if you think about like the democrats he told stories that sort of um undermined their reputation in order to raise his does that make sense the full thing is the ability to influence <coughs> 
And so what we want to do is we want to tell stories because stories is one of the best ways to influence any kind of book. Tell stories that bolster and support our idea for the, for the mission and, and what we want people to believe um, and the things that they already believe about the world that support our idea. We also want to tell stories that, that run against things that we don't believe in. Okay? So there was some really good examples, again, from uh, Donald Trump and the, the MAGA movement. Uh, some examples being how uh, Trump would use stories about immigrants coming in and invading America and stealing people's jobs. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you believe that was true or not, but those were some of the stories told. And there was also stories... Was... Sorry, go on, Gina. I was going to say it was also um, what was used in Brexit, the Brexit argument in the, the UK, you know, the yeah. fear of losing your job, the fear of other people taking, it goes back to the lack thing, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. EU are running your lives. You have no control over your lives. And so these kind of thoughts are what influence us, uh, whether they're true or not, they're, they're probably somebody's perception, but they're stories that we use as device to influence behaviour. And likewise, we can use stories to support uh, people's uh, perception of us when, when that works for us. So Donald Trump told stories about how um, miners were moved, um, great big burly miners, um, as I think he described, were moved to tears with gratitude for the, uh, uh, for the work that he'd done for them. So we can use, again, it's about stories to influence beliefs in a way that works for us and tears down ideas and beliefs that work against us. Does that make sense? It's an interest. It does make sense, but it's interesting how we can demonstrate very easily how that can be used as a force for good or a force for um, for less positive things. And I think you know it would just be interesting for your take in terms of business, where you think the uh, you know business owners ought to be um, focusing their attention because I think many businesses are very good at the hype and telling you this is the best thing since sliced bread until you actually use it. My view of when I've worked with businesses is that you might get short-term success, but actually it's the authenticity and the genuineness of your story that will then lead to sustained and increased success. Absolutely. Yes, it's that expression, isn't it? Don't believe the hype. Uh, sometimes the hype yeah. really doesn't live up to uh, what we say it is. And, and the thing is, as, as much as, you know, we can go out and say, well, I can create this you know, massive transformation for you. Do you know what? Anything that I say about the work that I do and the ways that I help people is not going to be anything near as powerful as one of my clients telling the story about how I helped them. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously case studies, stories of success, these are good things to share. Um, and we can do it on the front end as well, if you're going to sort of be launching a new product or whatever. Rather than talk about the uh, like the products that you created and, and how many features it's got and you know how whizzy it is, why don't you tell the story about uh, how you saw a problem um, and you, uh, you figured out a way to solve that problem. And of course, this is the product or the offer that you're providing right now is a solution to that product. You said, you know, yeah. you put that story out there in a very highly targeted way to the people who want to hear that story most. And then you're going to get people who genuinely want to hear about that product because it's something they care about. And I think you're so right that having somebody else tell the story on your behalf of what you can do for them has so much more uh, 
resonance and power. And I think many businesses fail to invite their customer or their client to give that feedback in a meaningful way. And it's such a wasted opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So it doesn't always have to be your story. Sometimes no. it's the story of somebody else who's been connected with you and the work that you've been doing that makes yeah. a real difference. And there are, there, are, there are four core stories that you want to be looking at, at telling if, you okay. know, if you're in business. Um, but they work as well if you're uh, in any place where you need to influence a group of people to do something. The yes. first is your origin story. Okay. Have you ever seen X-Men, the X-Men origin stories? Well, that's what it is. It's, um, it, it's the story about how you came to do what you do. When well, your background okay. you know, head teacher, isn't it, Gina? It is, yes. 20 years of principal or head teacher, depending on which side of the pond you are. Absolutely. The thing is, though, people don't want to hear your CV. And that's a big mistake a no. lot of people do. They use their CV to try and qualify that they're competent. But instead, what you can do is tell your story about... A story I often tell is how when I started in business, I was hopeless. I didn't know anything about sales or marketing, and I failed miserably. It was only when I, I went out and I got some help and I signed up to a, a program by a lady called Michelle Chabnel. Um, I got a bunch from going on her course, but most importantly, what I did is I, I, I reversed engineered everything she did, and I created a model that I then used for myself. And so what that did is that, that kick-started my my business and and this is in marketing this is what they call an epiphany bridge so an epiphany okay. bridge the, the idea is that uh, there is something in the, and if you think about it uh, there is always moments in your life that catalyze change yes and and that's the story that you tell rather than start right back when you started your business you tell where you know you give a little bit of background about the context uh, of your story and where you were at the time and then you tell them about the problem that you had uh, and what you had to go through and the realization the epiphany that you had where you figured it out and that yes. epiphany uh, is is a, a really great vehicle to share with other people so that can be connected with your origin story and you also connect it to the new opportunity that you're presenting people it's interesting, isn't it? Because think so many people make assumptions about their own story that, that it has no validity. It's, it's not interesting. It's not this. It's not that or the other. And yet every single person has a story to tell. That unless you've lived in a, in a cell all your life, you have life experiences and you will have shifted um, and there will be certain things that created that shift. And it's that bit that's the real nub isn't it that's really helpful that i was this and then something happened i had an aha moment and i then shifted and changed and that was the result and i think people minimize their own achievements look at other people's and think they're more important why would mine be important but i think everybody's story is important it is and uh, to, get, to give you a practical example Suppose you go to a restaurant and you have a really great experience. The natural thing uh, next time you go and see your family, your friends or whatever, is that you tell them about it. And so maybe you tell them about how the, the server came up and they, you know, they took you to a great seat. You didn't have to wait long. Brilliant menu. Yeah. You, um, you, know, you talk about every single experience that you had there and 
and you say, yeah. do you know what? Next time you go out with your partner, you must take them. This is brilliant. Yeah. You're sharing a story. And it's a story that sells because it's a story that is influencing an outcome. Of course, it can happen the other way that, you know, you've had a bad experience and it can work against you. It's one of the reasons why I say, you know, you've got to make sure that, you, that what you're offering is of high quality, because ultimately, whatever you say, other people will be giving those stories. Yeah. Now, you talk about the four core stories and the origin story is one that we've looked at. But what about vehicle framework? What's that all about? Sure, sure. So this is uh, another way that you can use stories to influence, uh, like influence people taking on board an idea, a concept, or like maybe maybe you're introducing a new system into your business, your school, or organisation, and you need people to get involved. You need people to take that up, but there might be some resistance to it. So what you do is you use a story, and it can be another Epiphany Bridge type story where you. You know, you tell about, hey, I noticed that we were having this problem. You know, it's a really big problem. We looked into this and a lot of people having it too. And uh, But then yeah. I was speaking to people and then we discovered this. this uh, and uh, it's, it's a great solution. So that's what a vehicle framework does. Is it, it looks at whatever it is that you want to uh, influence people about. And it could be a product that you sell. Um, so whereas the origin story is more to do with the uh, the overall movement and the thing that you're trying to create, but the, the vehicle might be the particular products that you might be selling if you're a business, or it might just be adopting a system or a process if you're a manager or a leader in a team. And so if we can just get good at telling stories, and they don't have to be long, but little stories, yeah. little anecdotes, how you were struggling too, because one of the things as well is identifying um, ourselves in other people's stories. So if we can say, well, do you know what? Yeah. I get that. You know, your fears, your worries about adopting a new system, I have that too. But I went through, yeah. that, through that and I've come out the other end all the better. Yeah, I think that's very powerful because ultimately a relationship with whoever you're selling to or trying to influence is also important. And if you can show the commonalities between the two of you, then that's going to strengthen um, that the impact of your story, isn't it? Absolutely. It's, it's like opening up the possibility uh, to, to have a, a discussion about something that people might be initially resistant to, um, and you do that by working on that relationship and finding commonality. Brilliant. Now, you talk about an internal belief story. So how does that work? Okay. So whatever it is that you want to encourage people to get involved in, um, it, could, it, it could be literally anything. There are certain internal beliefs that will prevent people from moving forward. Now, if you know your audience well enough, you should know what they are because you've had a chance to speak with them, get to know them well. Um, and if not, you just need to be really good at asking questions and showing an interest in the person you're speaking to to find out what those internal beliefs are. Um, so, for example, if let's take an example of the sales uh, situation. If, if somebody yeah. goes into something with a belief that the offer that you present, put on the table is expensive, I can't convince them that it's not expensive by saying, well, no, it's not. Um, what I need to do is to open up the discussion. 
Uh, and so if I can get them talking, because if, if I make a statement like, well, compared to what, you know, uh, and if I, or, or if I make a statement like, well, we're cheaper than the, the people down the road, well, all they're going to do is they're going to defend their position because we have threatened their position. So they'll dig their heels in further and say, well, do you know what? I still can go out and get that cheaper elsewhere. So You're you making to... them wrong, aren't you? Absolutely. And, you know, when you make people wrong, they they immediately put up the barriers and, and in a sense, you lost. Absolutely. So statements create friction. Uh, questions create uh, conversation. And, and it's really good to sometimes just open up a, a com uh, a conversation by asking a question and then throwing in a story and that story might be how you had this internal belief or maybe you even like better yet you actually bring that belief up before they've even stated it because here's the thing once they've stated it they'll cling to it even harder yeah okay, so if you bring that uh, let, let's take the example of adopting a system within a business okay in, uh, managers are probably thinking well it's going to take too much time and effort to train people up uh, and employees are probably thinking, well, it's, it's going to be complicated and I might not be able to use it. And people so, like to stick with what they know, even if it's not working for them. Absolutely. their comfort zone, isn't it? And we will stay in pain in, in a situation that is uncomfortable for us, even before moving out and trying something new. It has, yeah. often has to be severely painful or uncomfortable for us to do something that's dramatically new. Would you agree it's with certainly, that? I, absolutely. I and mean, this is true in people's personal life. It's true in business. You know, um, you often hear people say, well, better the devil you know rather than the one that you don't. But I think it's it's a really interesting one how many people, particularly at the moment, are staying with what feels certain because there's so much uncertainty around, even though it's not working and actually may not just be not working, but actively um, sabotaging any chance of, of what uh, them achieving what they want to achieve. Absolutely. And to give an example of an internal belief story, um, I, uh, a few months ago, we got a puppy uh, and Hi. we had to pick a puppy from a little, little miniature dachshund. Um, we had to go and pick a, a puppy from a litter. And of course, like if you've seen you've all seen puppies before, they all look the same. So how do you pick the right puppy? And Julie, my wife and I, we, we were really struggling to, to decide which of the three puppies on offer we were going to have. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it felt like the hardest decision we ever were making. We eventually come, uh, decided on, on one particular puppy. And then we got in the car afterwards. We couldn't take the right puppy because it was too young at that time. Yeah. We had to come back. But we got in the car afterwards and I said to Julie, how do you feel about that? Was, did we make the right decision? And she said, I was going to ask you that. And uh, we both said, do you know what? I feel really good about this decision. But the reality was it didn't matter which puppy we picked because we would have still felt better after making that decision. Yes. And so what I learned from this is that the pain was in making the decision. We will never know if it's right or wrong until we test that reality. And uh, the reality, Clive, is that you will never, ever be able to test it absolutely because you didn't take half of each of the puppies with you um, to see which of the ones was going to work so i think so many people get hung up on the right or wrong decision when they're just making a different decision and the different decision is how do we having made that decision how do we then make the best of that decision rather than looking back and saying you know perhaps we didn't make the right one 
Absolutely. And we can use that as a device, that story or a similar story to say, do you know what? It doesn't actually matter what you choose, but if you make a decision, you're out of the pain that you're experiencing right now. Absolutely. Find some peace. <laughs> now we're running out of time. So very quickly, what's an external belief story? So an external belief story is a belief about uh, something that will prevent people from moving forward again. But this time, uh, maybe that they can see that this is a, a system, a process, an idea, a concept that will work for them. Uh, but they think that the there's going to be things that are going to make that difficult, uh, like uh, technology might fall down on us today and the internet like might. Like it did today. <laughs> Um, and, I just love it. <laughs> those external beliefs prevent us from moving forward. And sometimes the best thing, I mean, you can tell a story about overcoming that or yeah. how you still did go through it, but it wasn't as bad as you thought it would be. So that would be an external belief. You need to overcome those as well. Brilliant. Now, we are more or less out of time. So where can people get hold of you, Clive? Sure. So probably the best way to connect with me, if you're on LinkedIn, go and uh, hit me up there. Just search for Clive Maloney and you'll see my picture there and you can connect with me. Say that you come from the show and I'll be sure to accept your invitation. Or you can go to my website at getrealaboutbusiness.com and uh, take a look around there. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And which project have you decided that you would like to donate to today, us to donate to on your behalf today? So many good projects, but as a lifelong educator, um, it has to be uh, educating children. So thank you. Brilliant. So we will have um, a donation going to you um, in your name um, for um, educating. And I'm just trying to find, the, I'm doing really well today, trying to find the piece of the, the actual description of the project. Um, but it's, that's really good, isn't it? I was very well organized until the internet went down. Um, it's a worthy cause. It's um, uh, supporting children to get an education, isn't it? It is. It's supporting children. Um, and I just can't remember which country because we've got a number of projects that we support. But anyway, supporting education. So ultimately, we're at the end of the show. I just want to wish you all a very wonderful Thanksgiving. And to say to you, if the holidays are something, not just Christmas, but but whether um you know, it's Hanukkah or any of the um, the celebrations, Christmas, that if you go on to genuinely-u.com, um, there is a series there of um, short videos um, and articles designed to help you prepare for those celebrations and to make the best of them using your influence, using your techniques um, to ensure that you have a harmonious and happy time with whoever you're spending your time with. So, I'd like to say thank you for listening. Please share the programme, get people to download it. Clive, once again, thank you so much for joining me today. My apologies about the technical hitches. Um, it happens with uh, the internet. But take care. Be the leader of your own life. And I'll see you on the next show. Bye-bye now. You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.